You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey guys, it's Brad. I just have one very quick announcement here. As you know, we've been nearly ad free for these two hundred and seventy five episodes. We want to keep it that way. But we also want to give back to you guys who have been supporting us. There's a lot of generous donors out there, so we've started a Patreon account, which will allow you to continue to support us on a monthly basis. And in return, we can give back to you. We've already got a few special incentives up there: some merch, some outtakes, and we're going to come up with more as time goes on. So if you've already supported us, thanks tons. Go check it out: Patreon.com/slash/GoingOffTrack, or you can also get there via links on our website. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. What's happening? Oh man. Um summer's over. Summer's Sorry. over. Sorry. Yes. It was uh I had a good summer. I saw the uh, eclipse. You did. Did I tell you about this? No. Wow. Do you want to hear about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're at the point where people are not sick of hearing eclipse stories. <laughs> they might be but, like, why are you guys talking about this? But at least you probably haven't heard about this in a while. So the, yeah, let's do it. What day was the eclipse was like on a Monday, right? So yes, it was on a Monday. On Thursday morning, I uh, I looked over my wife's shoulder and she's at her laptop and she's looking at rental cars and she's like, you know, it's really cheap to rent, it, rent a car right now for the week. And I was like, are you, and the night before I had been thinking about the eclipse, I, I completely dismissed it. And then like, I, so I read something by somebody maybe on Wired and, you know, they were talking about how this hadn't happened in a hundred years. And I'm thinking like, wow, maybe this really is like a big deal and I should take the kids to it. And so I was like, they said, are you doing what I think you're doing? You want to try to go? And she's like, yeah. And so we like, we're just it's the most spont- spontaneous. I think we've been since we got married. Oh, please. <laughs> Brand uh, is a landline, which is very impressive. I'm going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> and we fucking did it, dude. We drove down to Tennessee, where my cousins live. Nice. And then we actually ended up going into northwest Georgia to, to actually see. And, and, dude, it was... Did you get those glasses or yeah, whatever? Yeah, we got the glasses. But so I'm not going to... Yeah, everybody's heard enough about the fucking eclipse, although now it's two months later but it was intense it went it went to nighttime it was nighttime it was like the difference between being right in the totality and being you know just barely outside of it is literally night and day the fucking the the crickets and stuff came out 
That's so wild. Yeah, like right before it went dark, it went dead silent. Like all the daytime, like insects, because we were out in the country, stopped. Traffic completely stopped. Like you don't really even realize, you don't even know. We were in the country and couldn't even see any roads. But afterwards, I realized that, you know, that there was some traffic noises in the background. But when about a minute before the eclipse, it went dead silent. No insects, no traffic, nothing. And then once it cut, and then it just cut to darkness like night, like fully like night. And the insects started like night, like crickets and frogs that make noise at night started making noise. What idiots. <laughs> anyway, that's my big summer that's story. Cool. Yeah. It was a blast. I didn't really see it. I was in a wedding in LA and there they had like a brunch on Monday morning. And I was well, you there. have to be, this is what I'm saying is like, you have to, if you're not in the totality, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Like it's someone had the glasses at irrelevant. this party. And so like I looked up and I was like, yeah, something looks weird. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to get some more coffee now. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah. No, so, I was in nighttime. It was night. Yeah. I'll see the next one in 100 years, whatever. Actually, the next one's in like seven years. Oh, really? Yeah. After 100 years, the next one's going to come through New York State in like seven years. Perfect. So, yeah, I'll start planning that soon. We'll have a party. Yes. Uh, today on the podcast, very exciting episode. We have uh, Vinny Karuna and Brendan, Brand, excuse me, Brandon Riley from uh, The Movie Life. They have a new record that just came out on September 22nd. On Rise Records, it is called Cities in Search of a Heart. Um, and it's a very good record. I wrote the bio for it, actually. Uh, <laughs> is that a disclaimer? I mean, I'm just saying I've listened to the record a lot. So I'm uh, I'm a trusted name. And I think the record's good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they are actually on the road now. They are in the midst, the midst of a full U.S. tour. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they're... Doing the whole U.S. and uh, they're going down playing the Fest in Gainesville. Sadly, United Nations is not playing it this year, but uh, they'll be playing there on October 29th. I'm sure that'll be a crazy show. And then in uh, November, they're doing, looks like, a week of shows in the U.K., which is very cool. And those shows are with Wallflower. They're also doing a bunch of shows with Racket Club. One of my favorite new bands. There you go. Featuring the whole, yeah, this is, yeah, all the West Coast shows. Uh, Movie Life is doing with Racket Club, uh, which is Blair from Knapsack and Gel Sound, Sergi from Sam I Am and Knapsack's band, who are very excellent. And then the East Coast, they have this band, Heart Attack Man opening, who I haven't heard, but apparently are very good. So check out the new Movie Life record, Cities in Search of a Heart. And now you can listen to this interview with um, Vinny and Brandon about the record, because that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> so enjoy. No, um, Squeeze is coming, but we're going to be on tour. I was oh. really looking forward to it. And Psychedelic Fur is while I'm on tour. Really? It's like two of my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah, that's might, wild. Maybe won't put on a good show anymore, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would no. definitely go if I was home, though. I saw them last year, and it was good. I saw a really Furs? good Squeeze show. Yeah. Oh, you saw the Psychedelic Fur? like, back together again. Um, they keep doing they that. They played in... Okay, I, I played in, like, this a solo show in the small room, um... And they were playing the big room in the observatory in, oh, really? in Santa Ana. Oh, yeah. And it was very good. It's well, cool. Good. And everybody was, like, their guitar player is insanely Yeah, I was tasty. being very cynical. I, I'm sure that it's... No, no, it was good. It was, it was good. Um, you don't know what, you know what the lineup was? Because... I'm not familiar with the members of the band. I'm not guys, either. It might be the guitar player. Lives in my neighborhood. And he's, like, he's younger. He's not from the original he, band. He, he, I watched from the balcony because it was, like, 
our dressing room hallway was connected to the balcony of the big room. Nice. So I just watched, like, kind of walked down there. So he did look younger. Yeah. And, like... The squeeze does the same thing there. Um, yeah, I think so. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was skinny. real tasty, like, really... He was actually the guy where I was like, oh, they're... They're not bad. Sound, yeah. Yeah. And the singer was good. You know, he was good. We, we had well, that he's always had, like, a sort of punk, yeah. punky... Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's not, like, that demanding voice. for him, yeah. I don't think. He yeah. just kind of... We had that same thing happen. We played Death's Modern with the Observatory, and there are all these kids outside, and we're like, oh my god, this show's going to be awesome. And then Julian Casablanca's was playing the big room. No one's there to see us. Oh, what, solo or with the... He was doing some kind of like weird, like world music thing. All these guys were in like weird outfits. (laughs) It was really bad. I thought it was bad. I feel like Blake Schwarzenbach got the psychedelic first thing like that's where he got his inspiration for his really where he took his vocal approach i never Sometimes thought about that they sound like the same person to me at least. i've never listened to them very much and to be honest the plot thickens because jawbreaker covered into you like a train which is a psychedelic first <laughs> song which kind of leads me to believe that yes maybe he was going for that interesting yeah it's a good cover. It's one of those things where it's almost like I like it better than the real version. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, check it out. I will check it out. Yeah, I like his voice. Yeah. Richard Butler. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. How are we going? Are we good to go? We've been going, man. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Use this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Julian. <laughs> I like the thing. <laughs> Sorry, Julian. Everyone else, we said good things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all right. He'll get over it. I'm also a listener of the podcast, so I know Ooh. how you guys do. Okay. And a former guest Fresh. on the podcast. Yes, Fresh. former guest. How long ago were you? You were probably on a while ago. It was at Rubber Tracks. It was when I was promoting my solo record. Okay. So it must have been last um, spring. Gotcha. Yeah. I walked, I walked there. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was you and Benny. Okay. Um, and it was awesome. That checks out. It's like my favorite. Yeah. Interview. Yeah. It's, you have to excuse me. Like my ears are obviously fucked because I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I'm definitely hearing the ringing in my ears being in this quiet ass room. Dude, I, I, yeah, I was on this vacation all last week and I was in this cabin in Canada and I like, it was, I hadn't noticed it in so long. And then I was like, oh my God, it's really bad. The silence yeah. is definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's kind of like exacerbated today because I have terrible allergies and the allergies are making it weirder. Yeah. I know so, what you mean. You'll have to speak up. Yeah, should we put on some white noise or something? Or put some headphones? <laughs> no, no. We never do headphones. No. I don't, we could. We could. Uh, so, this is a new movie life record? Yeah. That's news. That's pretty exciting. The, yeah. um, I've heard it a lot. Um, so what do you think? I think it's good. I mean, you know, I, uh, I wrote the bio, um, so I interviewed you guys about it uh, for the record. <laughs> Um, yes, you did. But yeah, so we had talked about what I think is interesting. So Brandon, you live in Terrytown, yeah, and Vinny live in Greenpoint. Mm-hmm. So could you get, talk a little bit about maybe sort of how the record kind of came together, or how you guys? Because I feel like it's like it's hard to get in the same room as someone as an adult. Like, how big of a challenge was that? I guess to just coordinate. It was it, coordinating. It was easy because well it would have been harder if you weren't still working in the city at the time yeah i i i quit my job which made everything a lot easier as far as committing to 
getting together with Vinny to write music, but basically we would just carve out like three days a week where we would just go for like a half a, a half a day, basically. And I would go to him, I'd drive out to him or he'd come out to me and we would just sit in a room for hours and just write. But you is- know, when we started, he was still working in the city and uh, so he would come over after work and then he'd go home. So that was like the way it started. But I mean, the way it really started was like we were playing reunion shows and, you know, eventually we were, you know, we were buds again. And I mean, not that we weren't buds, but um, we were in each other's lives again regularly. So we were kind of like, you know, makes sense. Let's 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 see what it sounds like to write music together and let's not talk to anybody about it for a while and let's just see how it goes. And uh, here we are. (laughs) With a record that's coming out in September. And I mean, writing in my living room and then writing in uh, a friend of Brandon's in Tarrytown has a practice space. And he would let us go in there. And uh, yeah, we would just practice like right at the Tarrytown straight train station. There's a little warehouse. And we would just write there too. So change the scenery back and forth and just kind of get it together. So like, but like, how did you kind of flush out the songs? Like, did you, when did you add like drums and that kind of stuff? Like, how does that, um, the way we demoed, the way we demo with the rat who produced it, Brett Romness, he, he, we call him the rat. He's, (laughs) that's his nickname. He, uh, we developed the demo. He, he plays drums and I'm the avalanche and we made a few records with him producing as well. And, we developed a demo method where once the songs are together, record guitars to a click, record bass, and then he programs the drums uh, over the guitars and bass and then sing over that. So, okay. And that was in batch. That was done in batches, basically. So, you know, we'd be like, all right, we have five songs. Let's, let's demo them, you know, and then we demo them and listen and be like, you know, either rearrange them or just say that's not good at all or this is really good let's not even touch it and then we get back to writing more songs and we do another batch of you know half a dozen and that was pretty much the method it's a good way to do it for anyone like listening that's like you know uh we can't make noise here we can't you know you can do it anywhere Mm -hmm. we do it in my apartment where i have you know neighbors on each side of me and below me and so nobody ever hears anything because the the guitar there's no amps the guitars are you know we're getting the putting the guitar straight through the computer the, so the record was written and recorded with ever playing the songs live in a practice space wow that's true yeah we never played as a band still yet <laughs> but right. yeah we've been doing that for a long the time new music. so we're, you know we're really good at it now so that is wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, i mean that's like the new york city way to do it and obviously it's you know you don't have to rent out a studio and get and, drum sounds and do all the things that don't really matter because no one's going to hear it anyway. And just trying to align a full band's schedule basically is just yeah. would be like grueling. So to get, are to you find... saying you recorded the final guitars in your bedroom? No, no, no. Oh, that was all the demos, and <laughs> that's how demos. we knew what the record was. Yeah, yeah. Um, because his pro, he's nasty at programming drums, and we got all our drum sounds from Brian McTurnan's. Uh, I'm the Avalanche recorded a record, uh, recorded drums in Brian McTernan's drum room in in his studio in F- Fells Point, Baltimore, and 
so we have all the samples from his um, drum sounds in his drum room. So the, those are the drum sounds, and he's super slick with the programming. So right. it sounds super real yeah yeah so if you're showing a label or anybody else the demos they're like wow this sounds like a record right you know because we're playing a les paul through a fake marshall and right, right. you know uh no you can do it if you have you know there's if there's li there's actually little tricks how to add you know the guys that are good at it they know how to add mistakes you know what i mean yeah and, yeah yeah and totally. that's how they get away with it <laughs> yeah and, and no you can you can definitely yeah, but as far as the I, the album itself, we you know yeah. all through amps and right. mic mic'd cabinets and things like that. And then live, are you guys trying to figure? As Fozzy was playing with you guys, right? Mm -hmm. Matt Fozzy's been playing bass for us. Nice, um, which is amazing. The guys, you you could do way worse as far as a <laughs> dude who's gonna like learn all your songs and play them really well. He just and seems he's so really down, nice though. He's, he's not really friendly. He's just always like, uh. well, that's the downside. Is that <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a terrible he's person, a huge <laughs> asshole, but <laughs> and his dog really... is ugly. Yeah, totally. He doesn't have cool hair. <laughs> no, it's like he's like a, but it, he makes up for it with his technical abilities. Yeah, he's, um, he's he learned, you know, whatever eighteen the eighteen songs that he had to learn, and came into the studio and. Technically, within an hour, we were good, but we, I believe you know, we, we needed. We wanted to take more time just to make sure that we weren't like dreaming or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I know because I, I still wanted to work things out for myself, but he was in there and he was just. Solid. We could have played a show. We could have played a show without practicing. That's how. Like, actually, he was really terrible, and he's with us now. So, <laughs> oh yeah, he's not. Nobody he got a lot worse ideas. since he yeah. joined our band. So. Yeah, he's, he's gotten not. worse, and he's kind of. We're just kind of gonna just ride him till the wheels fall off. Yeah, smart. <laughs> keep him to ourselves <laughs> so so for this tour you'll be playing a lot of these songs i guess live for the first time yeah and we haven't played any of them live that's wild how does that feel uh exciting right now it feels okay <laughs> yeah well yeah I, well honestly i mean i know that brandon's gonna have it i know that rat i mean he made the record he played on the record you just know everyone's going to have it. I know the words. Professional, so. <laughs> and Fozzie's going to show up like he always does, super pro, so we're good. We'll, um, we'll rehearse for a few days and go on But tour. it's exciting. I mean, we're going to play songs. When we, have, we have more songs to put in the set list now. Yeah. And they're good, I think. We think. We're, we're well, positive that it's good. So we have to, like, go out there and do it. And I'm excited. Like, I've been taking a big break from the record because i don't want to get sick of myself or us and um i listened to the next song that we're going to premiere this morning when i woke up because i got like a email about it or something and i thought yeah it's still good like <laughs> you know it's you know it's scary to come back it's not scary it's just you don't know even if you did make the best record of all time that still doesn't mean anyone has time for it you know <laughs> right right they might like want to just listen to s-town or something or may maybe they're just like i'm good you know i i i have my movie life songs that i like i don't need any more of them you right know? right mm -hmm. so all we could do is just make a killer record and hope that there's some people that um kind of that it kind of moves you know and kind of like gets under their skin um i don't know if you want to talk about this but uh well, I know now we have to all right 
<laughs> I know, like, you've done some of, like, the emo night stuff or the emo stuff. Do you not want to talk about this? I thought we were going to do a separate podcast about this. <laughs> that the emo need, podcast? That might need a separate podcast. <laughs> me, and jo- me and Jonah were having a beer the- and, uh... Were we having a beer? We were... We were having a, a we meal. We were having lobster a meal rolls. Yeah. It was lobster a... Rolls. Yeah. We corn on the cob. Joint. Yeah. It's very good. I was most certainly having a beer. And, uh... <laughs> and... We got on the topic of emo night. Um, yeah, so sometimes singers of bands that who don't know how to DJ <laughs> uh, get asked to DJ sometimes because, um, I don't know, that's a thing. And yeah. sometimes um, when when these nights happen, the bands that they're playing... The bands that they're DJing like draw less people than the event of <laughs> of like the fifteen hundred people that come out to an emo night, and it's funny. It's really funny, crazy stuff. But I've had some crazy experiences. Um, so they asked me to do LA emo night, which is um, like the I think it's like a really big one, right? It was really big, yeah. And there was like a line down the block of people that couldn't get in, and they asked me to play four songs acoustic. Which was a bad idea because it was a party, <laughs> <laughs> and it was filled with people who don't know my music because I don't know. I feel like you know, Movie Life's an older band. I feel like a lot of our, at least you know, a good portion of our fans are like a little older and maybe aren't going to emo night. And some of them definitely are. I mean, I ran into a lot of them, but I mean, the L.A. emo night was interesting. Um, it was really cool that they asked me to do it and I'm glad I did it, but it was funny. Like I played, like, I didn't know what to play and I wasn't going to play music that I didn't like. And I'm not going to say what bands I don't like. How are you going to play emo then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, emo night to me means, all right, so then we're going to do promise ring and mineral (laughs) and June of 44 and... Like, I would even play, like, heroin and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, or anything in between. Um, that sounds like a great night to me. I w- <laughs> let's do that. Let's, yeah. let's do let's that. Let's not this. call it yeah. a um, So, but, but, but I got an idea of what was going on. And I was like, all right, well, I'll play my, my buds. You know, I played Saves the Day. Which I think went well, but I played like an old Saves the Day so it was super fast, so people were like, oh, I don't know this. <laughs> I played Thursday, and some people responded. I okay. played Glassjaw, nobody really responded. I think I played Piebald. Basically, bands that we came up with, and who I like. <laughs> Basically, all East Coast bands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. And but- it was bad, and I got a sense. It wasn't bad, but people were just kind of like, Okay, when are they going to play Taking Back Sunday and Brand New? That was really it. And I play. I remember playing a brand new song. I didn't actually, not in L.A. I learned that. But basically, <laughs> no, but I, I got to, I tell you, we had to do a different podcast for this. It's long. Okay. So, no, I mean, the, basically, I knew, <laughs> I knew what, I gathered what Emo Night was about, which is basically play as much brand new and Taking Back Sunday as possible. <laughs> and everyone will sing along. And the the people that put it on will make shitloads of money. Brand new and Taking Back Sunday will make none of it. <laughs> and 
fucking job done. Right. So, but I, I, so I didn't do that in LA. So as soon as I saw that, and I'm not saying I don't like Brandy and Taking Back Sunday. They're both very good bands. So I was just like, well, this isn't going well. And everyone freaking out, like before I went on, we're like freaking out to like Drake and stuff. <laughs> And I was like, this is an emo night. <laughs> this is just a club night filled with kids that kind of went to like, you know, they got into My Chemical Romance and maybe Dashboard Confessional. But this is not emo night. Like, And as soon as I figured that out, I flipped it and I put on fucking... Um, shit, what, what's... Oh, I put on uh, McConan. Do you know that dude? No. He's like a trap artist, like experimental trap artist. And he had like a few songs. You ever heard the song Club Going Up on a Tuesday? Yes. That's McConan. Okay. Featuring Drake. So I put on a McConan song that I actually liked that really, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And everything changed. The whole place was like. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, so now I get it. So they don't want old emo. They don't want new emo. They want no emo. <laughs> they want you to just. They want an emo guy to DJ club music to them. There it is. <laughs> right, and it was a party, and I get that. But then there was like you know certain emo songs maybe that I didn't think of. Emo, I fucking you know certain pseudo commercial, pseudo punk pop music that I didn't think of. I was like, oh, that's emo. That's the emo that these people think are is right. emo. <laughs> Like, yeah, the, like Steven did one in New York, and yeah, it's like, you play like a Paramore song, and people like lose their minds, and I would never <laughs> think of that, like, and I don't want to turn into like old guy, like, this is an emo, like, it was emo when I was... But seriously, come on. But, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was more of a party, like a club sure. night than that, and that's cool, and it was, and like, for, you know, I'm 37, so I wouldn't be caught dead, ever, going to a party like that, but everyone else there was having a great time, and the people in the LA emo night were super cool to me and it was awesome uh yeah, we should also probably, just make it clear that it was la <laughs> steven just got back yes <laughs> yes that's a big factor but <laughs> then <laughs> but then um I, I got asked to do the glamour kills um party like a anniversary party which is a clothing line of buds yeah like, marky's been on the podcast yeah marky is awesome. He said, we're doing a party. We want you to DJ. I said, that's awesome. I'm super down. When I got there, I so I put together an entire set. Because you need to have like a playlist or at least I learned that like, you know, you download the fake DJ program right. and then you like mix it. There's like two fake turntables. Yeah. And I learned, you know, I have to have those songs ready to go. Like if the Wi-Fi is fucked up, I can't just do it off of Spotify. I put together a set like with my now wife the night before the sickest fucking set of hip hop music <laughs> because it was a party and it was in New York City. Sure. Okay. I'm like getting defensive about it. So, <laughs> so I show up, I do sound check to make sure I know what I'm doing. Cause I've only DJed once before at LA emo night and it didn't go well. <laughs> and I get up and the two people before me, it was the singer of We Are the In Crowd. 
she played like Taking Back Sunday brand new and Taking Back Sunday and brand new. And then <laughs> one of the dudes from um, All Time Low played, you know, other stuff that you would imagine would be at an emo night of that kind. And I was like, uh-oh. And I went up and I did my set. I don't know what to do while I'm standing on stage. As I, only, I know how to hold a microphone and sing my own songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I went into like the sickest set of all time. I know it was because every single security guard at Webster <laughs> Hall, after I got off, after I cleared half the room out, <laughs> they were like, we got to get you back here. That was the best fucking set of all time. I put in like new stuff that I don't necessarily like, but I also put in like Dipset, like Tribe, De La Soul, um, <laughs> stuff that I've, I'm into. And they fucking loved it. And every, all my friends that work at Webster Hall were texting me being like, everyone's freaking about, out about how good you were. At the same time, I realized that this wasn't just a Glamour Kills party. Emo Night Brooklyn had been a part of it and they introduced themselves to me those guys who are very nice guys as well but they do a similar thing well i guess they don't it's less of a club night and more of like a taking back sunday brand new blink 182 (laughs) right everyone's singing along yeah that's the thing steven did yeah um and which is fun for everyone sure and but like it's probably not something i would do you know like so that was the thing they were bummed because I met them right before I went on stage in the dressing room. He's like, it's really cool you're here. Like, we're from Brooklyn Emo Night. I'm like, what's that? I'm like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, uh, not Brooklyn. And I was just like, oh, cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm doing a fucking a, a whole set of hip hop. And they left. And I was like, no, I'm doing a whole set of hip hop. <laughs> and they were like, well, as long as you like put it, put in like Justin Bieber every once in a while. And, like, it'll be cool. Like, people will like that and stuff. And then I left. And then they... I realized that they weren't joking. Um, so that's how that night went. <laughs> um, and it, and everyone seemed pretty bummed. And then I went home. Uh, so I inadvertently played Emo Night Brooklyn. I didn't know I'd... I I would have definitely played Glassjaw on Thursday right, and like right. my buds again, and that probably would have went over well, maybe. Anyway, and then they asked me to do Long Island emo night, and I didn't want to. But anytime anyone's like, "Yeah, come out here, we're gonna pay you money," you know, drinks on us, you know, and it takes me like ten minutes to get there. I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And then Long Island emo night, I learned my lesson. I'm not playing any hip hop. <laughs> Showed up to Long Island Emo Night. I played Dashboard, Who's Our Homie. I played Dashboard. People were kind of like, yeah, whatever. I played a brand new song, but it wasn't like one of their big hits. It was like my favorite brand new song. People were like, whatever. I played Get Up Kids, like what I think is like a big Get Up Kids song. Nobody responded. Nobody responded to Glassjaw. Same situation. Like, I don't know what these people want. And then Sal, who owned, it was at Amityville Music Hall, Sal from the band The Sleeping, he owns the place and he came up with a big glass of whiskey and he's like, 
This fucking sucks, man. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake, it was a whole thing. Jake from uh, East Coast Collective and stuff, he like booked it and he's like, I don't know how I feel about all this like emo night stuff. And I'm like, do your thing, man. It's like a good thing. It's a club night that you're doing and you're going to make money and it's cool and everyone's happy. Just don't ask me to do it again is what I told him and he didn't. Anyway, Sal came up with a big glass of whiskey and there were some kids in the front row that were like fans of my bands and fans of Movie Life and Avalanche, clearly. Like they were like saying what's up and like, fucking awesome, you're here. Those people turned on me because Sal came up with a big glass of whiskey and he's just like, yo, stop playing. Like just fucking play, play hip hop. And I was like, dude, I can't play hip hop. I've been through this before. Like, uh, this is actually a nightmare. Like, this is the kind of nightmare that I have. Like, being on stage and having everyone hate me. <laughs> and I started playing hip-hop because I, I drank the whole glass of whiskey and was just like, fuck it, you're right, man. Let's just, like, blow this out. Like, let's just have fun. I started playing hip-hop and people started getting really bummed. And those people that were, like, knew who I was and, like, we're, ha- we're like happy I was there. One dude was like super drunk and I was playing like good hip hop and everybody was bummed. And he was literally, I had a guy like five feet away from me at Amityville Music Hall that was once my fan, like two minutes before that, <laughs> just yelling the word pl- words, play emo, play emo, play emo. What are you doing? This is the darkest fucking story. This is one of the darkest Dude, stories I've ever it. heard. I put- I've only heard pieces of all of this, and I didn't hear it in entirety. Anyway, I, I put myself through it three fucking times. Well, fast forward to two months ago. Blood, blood money. I got asked to, de- to DJ um, an emo brunch. Probably. <laughs> Probably not even the same affiliates, but I got asked to do it. I heard like the Kirby Enthusiasm song like in the sky. And I was like, nope, not going to do it. I turned it down. I didn't even know what, what it, the offer was. Or anything. I just said no. I said I can't do it. The fuck is an emo brunch? It's going to be the same. I'm gonna. It's the same thing Vince go, went through. It's going to be the same exact thing. It was like the emo. It was like an emo rendition of the Kirby Enthusiasm song. <laughs> Like a whinier Kirby enthusiasm song. I was doing. I mean, well, I was. I was already. Let me clarify. There's people that are going to be fucking mad at me about telling these stories, right? I I don't know. I feel like you've been very diplomatic about it. Am I? I think so. Just because they say everyone's nice, <laughs> they all, everyone is nice. That's what I always do too. <laughs> no, I, but it's yeah, but no, it's, it's true. Fun. I think it's I think thing. it's it's something with the culture. It's not like against any like person. No, no, no. It's a culture. This should be going on, and everyone that's deriving any joy from it should, and anyone that's making money off it should too, because they're throwing a party and people are coming. Just don't ask me to do it, and if you do. <laughs> just know what you're getting into because I don't know what I'm doing. And then once, because you're gonna accept. <laughs> just no, the, because next time I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna play all everything all these people want to hear, and then I won't know what they want to hear. I'll never get it right, so I'm ne- I'll never do it again. So you know, it's hard to for to get an offer from your booking agent where it's like, oh, you know, you don't even have to play the show. You just show up and sip drinks and play music, right? 
off of your iPad. And it's like, well, how the fuck can I turn that down? Yeah. Because I was in L.A., and they knew I was, so they grabbed me. Like, we were playing that festival. And also, how do you fuck that up, right? <laughs> how do you fuck that up? Three, <laughs> you're not going to fuck it up more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had ex- I DJed last night. I don't DJ that much. But I had the experience where it was a crowded bar, like a cool bar, and just no one cared what I was playing. And that was like, I just felt like I was sort of like invisible. That's liberating. Yeah, I it wasn't bad. It but was I was that. like, I can do whatever. But it was also sort of like, I w- like, I wish... More of my friends had come, so I could like <laughs> yeah, talk it's to like them. Yeah, a strange euphoria. Yeah, I yeah. was like, people are kind of looking at me, <laughs> uh, and I can't tell if they like this or hate. I'm playing like Polvo. <laughs> what Polvo song did you? Play? I was playing a lot of stuff off, like later stuff off, like si- Siberia okay. and like in prisms. Like I, That's I like a good night. It's. I thought it was cool. I I couldn't make it. I saw you posted it on Instagram. Yeah. I couldn't come last okay. night. That's the only reason I didn't. I had a soccer game last I night. I kept thinking someone was going to come up to me at one point and be like, "Dude." I totally get what you're doing. Like, I've never heard this kind of music yeah. in a bar. Like, this is like, this made my night. And one girl was like, I like what you're doing. It's really cool. I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, hey, I need to charge my phone. Like, I was like, oh, you literally. Which means like, she didn't really care what you were doing. Yeah. She needed to charge it your phone. It was like so qualifying. Yeah. Like, how are you? Anyways. But usually yeah. you do Can get that one person, here? right? Every yeah. time you DJ, yeah. that, that, that shot in the arm, that yeah. like. Go, go. Yeah, You're doing yeah. great. And I saw a couple guys like nodding their head. I was like, this guy's into it. I was like, oh no, this guy's like drunk and trying to get laid. <laughs> like, he 100% doesn't care about this. But DJing uh, is not easy, man. I not, mean, yeah, Brad did it for years know, in East Village. The gigs like that where you're kind of just background music, those are those are easy. I mean, unless you just fucking fuck up. What kind of but DJing were you? But when people are you, watching yeah, you. Yeah, what were you spinning? Brad, you were spinning what? Like so, Ni- at Niagara well, and the, stuff, well, I was right? going to say, like, one of the people that I learned a lot about DJing from was Max. Max Huber from Swingin' Utters. Okay. And yeah, yeah, Max yeah, used to do, because I was doing Upstairs, which was like people looking to get to fuck other people. Right. But even that was difficult because I had to keep the vibe up, you know. But Max was downstairs where it was a dance party. And like, that was a lot of pressure because I would fill in for him when he when he couldn't do it. And dude, I fucking sweated the whole like four hours or whatever. Yeah, it was. I had to play the the right. You got to keep right. the room yeah. on, man. Like, and it's not always. It's you know, a lot of times it was cheesy shit. You know, mm-hmm. you know the hits, but stuff you would you don't want to play. Yeah, like you want to. <clears> you got to swallow your pride pretty quick, and you got to play the fucking Justin Bieber, but. Right. But then you can drop in the old shit. Like, I would, you know, I'm a huge fan of, like, 90s hip-hop. And, like, if you pick the right tune, you can drop that stuff in there. It's With just, you the gotta right know crowd, when to do right? It. Yeah. But that the thing is, the... what Max taught me, which was really good, is, like, when you put a song on, you know as soon as it starts, you know before the room reacts that you just made a mistake. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Did you, did you mm. experience that? Mm-hmm. And what he Every would do, time. what Max would yeah. do is Every like, he's like PTSD and me, like, Every I come song. from like a producer background where I'm like, okay, man, like this isn't working, but maybe I'll fade it a little bit, like after the first chorus. What if I flange you know, it? Like, what if I flange <laughs> it? Oh, no, no, it's, it's getting worse. I gotta like, maybe I can mix in another song. Like Max was like, Max would be like, he'd drop it and he goes, ah, that's not right. Boom. And he would just fucking drop. He would just cut to the next track. He would just track. go. Mm. Like not even yeah. pretty. He'd just be like, fuck that. That didn't work. Yeah, but as long as it was the right song and uh, yep, yeah, you know, like yeah, the next as long as the next song is better. Yeah, the thing Brad taught me too about DJing was he was like, if anyone asks you for a request, just say yes, and then just don't play it. (laughs) Right, just say yes. That's amazing. Yeah, Max too. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's a great idea. Yeah, but he was he was fucking he was way more cold hearted about it than me. Like I I would always say that, and then half the time I would play it. Yeah, he would never fucking play it. (laughs) 
Um, I have a question from a friend. Um, we do this segment called Mystery Friend, mm-hmm. where uh, we have a friend of you guys ask a question. You have to a- answer it, or if you we want, need, we need background. It's a friend of ours. A friend of yours, yeah. I think, yeah, Ooh, I think wow. specifically, definitely a friend of yours. I think probably a friend of yours. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so it's got to remain a mystery. It's going to remain a mystery, yeah, but you have to guess not. who it is after this. Oh, great! I love that. Um, That's awesome. So uh, we have one question. Is actually about. I think this might be about Brandon's. So your solo EP. Okay. Um, it's crowdfunded. Yeah. What were some of the weirdest? Or biggest request to come through as a result? Did you have some kind of... It was all pretty controlled. Okay. Um, so I think if anything, my some of my offers were weird, but none of the requests were weird. Like some of the things that you can do was... was um, oh, so pen pals. So I'm a pen pal with about half a dozen people that we're going to do like cool. five, really? exchange, five exchanges each. Um, and then... There was a pledge for a drawing by my son, and you just request whatever you want him to draw, basically, and he draws it. That's a really um, good idea. All this stuff. That also, is really you good. Have, so you have to. So five letters each back and forth for the pen pal. So you need to bring the relationship to a close on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> like like this has been to, fun. Yeah, well, I, there's you, a few things I didn't even think through. I mean, no, but I mean, my it, like my home address is. But if you I don't have a PO connections box. with these people, then you can just continue it for a while. Yeah, maybe through email though, because these are handwritten and oh, it's analog. I trust nice. me, I, I all analog. That's, I think that's it's good, more though. special that's that way. I think it's special that way, but it's you know, it's a lot of work. Um, I don't. It, I'm still doing it. I, I'm doing. I was doing work before I came here with that and i'll be doing more when i leave here because i have to deliver by the deadline um and there's some cover songs that i'm doing that i have to do on saturday and i'm like going to italy the next day so it's a ton of work it was wildly successful but it's also a ton of work and in the future i i might have to reevaluate how i would do that again it's with regards to like time management right because it started affecting other areas of my life. <laughs> you basically. might end up just getting minimum wage for this. I almost got divorced. Oh, I almost got yeah, kicked hour, out of movie you life. Break it down hourly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's so much work, but it's it's really it's been a beautiful experience, though. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's hard to think of incentives that aren't just like, "Well, thank you," or like, yeah. you know, I, "I had to keep it interesting." Yeah, and then we no, also you, did like um, cool. disposable camera shots of like behind the scenes in the studio and. Uh, so, so they're very analog very like nice you know I like it yeah. you should have recorded reel to reel keep it all analog <laughs> i would have had to Four fund, fund would have triple the amount of money longer. probably <laughs> yeah. yeah it's hard to write letters too like my i've been trying to write my journal like my hand oh just my cramps and up. you can't spell anymore <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't spell, spell anything check. i did handwritten lyric sheets i can i'm looking at it right now blister blister I had to do like twenty something handwritten lyric sheets. Wow! Because really, I mean, what instead of jot, like aside from jotting something down, you when never, are you yeah. holding a pen for that? Never. Yeah, That's nobody. Why it's yeah. immediately raw. Like it's raw after the first two songs are written out, and it's I had wow. to put I put a band aid over it. I was like, 
But that, do you think it's just you're out of practice? Like, I never felt that way in high school. No, because you kind of, it's like the, guitar playing. You, you build your, up your, yeah, yeah. you build up immunity, a callus. You've been doing it from, like, age two, man, with crayons. Your skin yeah. changes there, you know, when you're doing it all the time, like with guitar playing. But then if you don't write anything with a pen for years, like, I remember writing rent checks, just being like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that my writing, when I, if yeah, I write anything longer than a couple words, it just turns to it's, crap. It's total. And that's another uh-huh. thing. It was like focusing was trying to like remember just how to write <laughs> the letters of the English language. A, B, C, Oh, my God. Uh, who do you think asked that question? So it's a friend of mine? Yeah. <laughs> who asked what's the most uh, Friends unusual... like these. Yeah, what? Yeah. You need more than that's that. That's a very vague that's, that's question. So vague. All right, they, they have what a, a bad a follow, friend. They have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are any Nightmare View songs about Pete Wentz? No. No. Does that give any insight into might be who might be asking this? Uh, there's one more question. Yeah, well, give me one more and I think I, I might be able uh, to do it. Fuck, Mary Kill, Liam Gallagher, Damon Albarn, and Paul Banks. <laughs> is Sarah Lewiston? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer that question. Though. Who is it again? Uh, Damon Fuck, Al- Mary, Damon. Damon Albarn, Damon... Um, Paul Banks or Liam Gallagher? You guys should both answer it. I want to marry Damon Alburn, <laughs> fuck Paul Banks, and kill Liam Gallagher. Not, I mean, just right. <laughs> nothing against him, but I had a, I had someone had to die. Yeah, so he's <laughs> true. Him. I'm a blur guy all the way. So, gotcha. Damon seem. I, I would marry Damon. I mean, he seems, seems like the most level-headed of. Like, he, yeah, like he's got a head on his shoulders. Like I mean, we can have a chat with him. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of seems he like he's a little. Um, he's a lot- um, I would fuck Liam, I guess, because yeah. I don't want him to die. And yeah, then, yeah, kill Paul. Yeah, <laughs> someone's got to die. It's, it's well, hot, that's hot the hot only words. reason I would. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason. Um, I, I really like. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this guy. Liam on Twitter. I'm an Liam Oasis Gallagher guy on Twitter. As much as, I don't um, want to kill Liam because his Twitter is fucking. Really? I haven't incredible. seen it. It's incredible. Incredible. Really? It's so funny. I like Blur so and funny. Oasis equally. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know. I was right in the middle. I yeah. wasn't part of and the, like the no, rivalry. <laughs> I never understood. You know, they don't even remotely sound the same. I never understood the. I think they were both just Britpop bands, and I think it was probably invented very wisely by the press and both of them maybe yeah when well, they Definitely were both perpetuated rip- it. And they were both ripping off the beatles but like in different ways mm-hmm. different eras and different but blur was sounds. like writing lyrics that meant stuff and oasis was just writing well what rhymes melodies with, what rhymes with hair you who know? cares what <laughs> lyrics there are you're gonna sing along yeah do you guys feel like you've ever had a rivalry probably not maybe with another band with another band or with like another scene or something um, I think we did a fairly good job at staying out of that kind yeah. of stuff. I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, gr- growing up in a hardcore scene, which we both did, I mean, in Long Island hardcore scene, which is different. I mean, it's not just hardcore. It's kind of a lot of stuff. But I, the vibe was super unity style. Yeah. It wasn't like um, competitive or anything. Everybody was just surprised at how much of the rest of the world was listening to all of us long island bands yes is is interesting so no i don't, I don't think so everyone loves silent majority that was yeah, like the first well, thing i learned were the, I, you know <laughs> responsible for yeah all of those bands sort of at least a stepping stone like jumping off 
it all, we all, I think we were all sort of ripping that off sonically until we all found our own sounds. Yeah, brand new Taking Back Sunday, Glassjaw, Movie Life, Crime and Stereo, and I, I, you know, everyone else. We're all in the crowd at every Silent Majority show. Like every show. Yeah. We may have not even <laughs> been in those bands yet, but yeah. all the members of those bands that were from Long Island were in the crowd singing along to Silent Majority. They were that important to, like, in our formative years. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's. It's kind of strange because I, I went to school in Ithaca and they would come through and I would see them like Life of, Life of Spectator era. And I thought they were great, too. But it's weird to have a band that's so influential on so many big bands that isn't super well known all over. I mean, I think they're respected everywhere. But, you know, like I think if they played in the West Coast, it definitely wouldn't be the same as you know what I mean? I think there's like 20, 30, 40, 50 hardcore kids in each bigger market that found out about them. You know what I mean? In other markets. Like, I don't think... I think we've talked about this before, you and I. Like, I don't know what it is. There's a reason. Like, you could probably get to the bottom of why... Some, I mean, they didn't tour. That's one thing. It's okay. A, they, they toured we, a bit, I but think not when anyone was going to the shows. I think we maybe did the only big tour that they've ever done. Yeah, they, I mean, they took we us toured out. with them. They took us out for like three weeks. Yeah, probably like 2000. Um, I know they did a tour with... They did the um, tour with Indecision and Millhouse. Remember that? Yeah. Excuse me, I'm excuse my burping. Um, they were always on. I mean, I know they were always kind of on a Long Island label, and they never did. They were never. They were never a full time band, and maybe that had something to do with not. But it might have been that that era too. Like it never. Like they broke up before things started to spread on the internet, right? And things like that. I don't know because. It's crazy, like, how, I mean, every show they played when they got back together, like, last year. Last year? I think this and... It sold out in a second. Mm -hmm. Right, I remember that. That's amazing. Did you go to the Vita show or any of the shows? I was away for every show. Um, I couldn't make any show. So, and I was speaking with Ryan from Silent Majority uh, about it, kind of, like, just making sure they were going to do another one. But who knows if I'll be I'll be home for that too. Yeah. You know? But I think the door's kinda slightly open for that for them. But I mean we're gonna we're putting a record out in September and we're gonna be busy as shit, so I'm sure. And you guys are going out with that early November? Yeah. Yep. We're um we're doing a US tour with early November, like co headlining. We got Racket Club. We were talking about Racket Club. Oh my Club. god. We got I Racket love Club Racket to Club. do half of it. Um, no way. It's oh, so cool. It's, <laughs> I'm so Racket Club is half of Texas and west towards west. Is that what it is? Yeah. Are they doing New York? No, they're doing No, the they're other doing part. the yeah, yeah, other yeah, half yeah, of yeah, the yeah. states. All right, I went out to LA for their first show. That's so like you how can, so you'll come out maybe I'll come out. Yeah. It'll be uh, Troubadour. That's a good oh, band. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So us in early November and Racket Club are doing Troubadour. Nice. It's very special. Love you know, I'm a knapsack, Sam I am, dude. Yes. So I pushed really hard for Racket Club. Um, and so they're doing half the tour, you know, splitting it up. Um, I would love for them to be on the whole tour, but we just didn't, we wanted to do a three band bill. Right. That makes sense. So 
we compromised and you know uh but at the same time it, it actually is really cool because heart attack man is doing the other half and when we were sent submissions for the tour um racket club was our num- me and brandon's number one choice and heart attack man was our second choice sweet so when early november was like we really want to do heart attack man we were like well we like them too so it was like perfect democracy at work there yeah that, cool. they that got their number of, one and we got our number one yeah and then we split it down the middle and so yeah that part of it was like really easy i haven't heard heart attack man they're cool Check they're good out. yeah yeah they're good um i mean they're i imagine they're younger dudes yeah um but they're good um basically we just wanted like you know something fresh and i thought i mean racket club is a brand new band they're not 20 years old but they're fucking awesome yes and there's no way that group of guys is going to make anything that's not amazing and um now all the songs i've heard from them are fucking awesome so i mean we're looking forward to spending time with them and i don't know it's cool to be out on the road with people you respect and people you kind of grew up listening to um i mean knapsack for me i on our first tour do you remember um i'm i befriended a girl and we were pen we were analog pen pals (laughs) did you have a five letter limit or it was um no it's just when (laughs) i I don't even know um life happened and we now we don't write to each other i'm starting to worry how to close this thing now too though i'm thinking about this now how do you sign off who's the i'm getting very larry david over here (laughs) yeah larry david would fake his death yeah whatever it is it's going to be extreme (laughs) and unnecessary so Uh, anyway go ahead movie life's first tour was with inside do you know inside it sounds familiar they were emo as shit (laughs) they were like Long Island's answer to like Mineral and like Sunny Day. There's a band's like Sleeposaurus and these bands I've heard of, but okay. I don't really totally know. Inside right. was next generation right after that though. Okay. Not during Sleeposaurus. Got right. it. Yeah, Inside was like going like they were playing at the same time as Sound Majority. They they started later than Sound Majority, but um Eddie Reyes from who started Movie Life and Taking Back Sunday and Mind Over Matter. Um he inside. Right. He was in inside. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, so, oh yeah. So we played Great Falls, Montana, and I made a friend, and we were pen pals, and she sent me a mixtape, and it had um, Knapsack, Thursday Side of the Street on it, and that's you know 1998, I think, is when I got that song. And ever since then, I've been a huge Knapsack fan. So it it's, means a lot that those guys are going to be out with us. And it's a band that I'll be watching. Yeah, we were talking about this too. I felt like I was like, Rise seems like a label where like if I had a label and I could sign anyone, I was like, oh yeah, I'll sign Blair's band. I'll sign Hot Water. I'll sign At The Drive-In. I'll sign <laughs> yeah. The Movie Light. Like, yeah. It's cool. Looks like, yeah, they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. He's had a lot of success with a lot of, you know, he's had a broad kind of, you know roster and they've sold a ton of records and it seems like lately he's been signing i don't know bands that yeah bands it's different you know he signed hot water at the drive-in um 
us. I mean, I think they even did a placebo record too. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what I really like about it is the eclectic mix of their. I mean, maybe at one time they were this kind of label, and I feel like that might be changing now. And that was very appealing for me when yeah. signing with them. Yeah, I think that's like yeah for us we we wanted to know what was going on with the label and what was going on was he was signing a bunch of bands that we like yeah <laughs> and it was easy i mean and it's really cool because i don't know it's it's a for us to even sign to a label like we you know we haven't signed a, a deal since we we're like 2001 or something you guys are on drive-thru originally yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. we signed a drive-thru drive-thru bought us out of revelation records oh really i never knew that our first record came out on revelation oh right and um and before revelation we had put out a seven inch on initial really and that was where yes that was where we were at and we started gaining steam and we started wanting to go really hard and drive through came into the picture and i mean really the drive through thing was amazing for us like we like signed a record deal and got like a van and a trailer and gear and a good recording budget and like actual things that bands that are trying to like take it further need, you know? Actually, I mean, we had our van wreck. Right. Yeah. We wrecked our van. We flipped our van in South Dakota and wrecked everything. And, uh, drive through was kind of knocking on our door right around the same time and we were kind of like well we need this 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 and this and they were like cool and we we're like okay <laughs> you know and that's kind of how that came about nice i didn't realize that mm-hmm. i i, I think, forgot about yeah, that yeah we got actually, some roots that in we the were, core that we were bummed. yeah we were i mean we were never a hardcore band but we were our era of revelation was also very like broad it was not was this like speak 714 no, I think that? it was probably a little past that. Like past that? Okay. the records that came out around when we released our Rev record were like Drowning Man. Um, okay, which Drowning Man record was that? <sighs> uh, um, they always had clever names for their records. I, know. <laughs> I can't um, remember. Whatever the Drowning Man record was, it was definitely more was. like uh, it started getting a little more post hardcore right. at the time when we were doing it. So we were. It kind of worked for us because even though we were, we were doing some stuff that was pretty punk, hardcore though at the time. Yeah, like there was but like it, fast tempos and gang vocals and things like that going on. But yeah, but it um, wasn't yeah. probably Drowning Man um, by a Thread. Okay, Himsa? Garrison since by Himsa, man maybe Himsa? since by man maybe yeah Judas Factor right um. I think In My Eyes was going, like, In My Eyes was probably doing their last record. Okay. Fast Break was doing a record. I think Fast Break record came out before we signed, for sure, but that was still going on. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, oh, Game Face. Game Face, yeah. That kind of stuff. So it was kind of like a, a a broad kind of rev. It wasn't just a hardcore. Right. Rev. Although, I mean, Rev had been doing that for a while. Like Yeah, that's true. I mean, Sense Field and Shades Apart and all that stuff was not hardcore, you know? I'm having a flashback to, like, meeting you on, like, Warp Tour, like, drive through record stage, like, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Yeah, we've, we've crossed paths many times. Yeah. But we've never, we would see each other and then see each other again, like, three or four years later. So we yeah. never 
got down. This is the closest we've ever been. Yeah. I ran into you at the... Well, we had a nice lunch. We did. I actually ran into you at that emo night that I was telling you about. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking as you were telling that story, I was like, I remember being pretty drunk, but I think I saw the guy from All Time Low DJ and emo night, and I think Marky was there. Yeah, I was at that. Yeah, um... But anyway, yeah, like, yeah. I think me and you are friends now. Yeah, I think it's official. Like, I think lobster rolls yeah. really. We we text yes. each other sometimes. It's true. It's true. And just kind I mean, of lobster rolls are twenty five dollars for one. That's at least that. Yeah. I think we had like I might have ordered, but I got like bacon and avocado added to Th- it. Thirty, maybe some corn. Yeah, it might be a solid thirty. <laughs> yeah, some corn. <laughs> I ate there two nights ago. It's good. I sat at the same table we sat at. Nice. I had a. Qu- I was on. We're almost. Done, but I was on your Wikipedia page today, and I saw it said Frank from My Chem played in the movie Life. Oh, I can't wait to see this. This dude. Is- let's just add <laughs> fake news. <laughs> That's amazing. Add, let's, let's, I let's think I saw it. that. Maybe I made no, that up. I think I don't. Think- you. Why wouldn't it be I'm on there? But right no, he, everything Frank on Wikipedia is true. It's a little too wild and random for it to be f- him. Are you checking it out? I'm checking it out right now. Check it out. Frank was never in uh, was never in movie life, but we toured with Mike Hem. They opened a tour that we did, right? Yeah, no. Just oh yeah. Ha- um, oh, fuck, what bands? No, that? he's not in the past members. He's not. No. They used, and that was that tour, right? They used in Mike Hem, and who else? And there was like another co-headliner with They Used. Mike Hem opened, and nobody who knew who they were, and movie life was second. Really. Finch? I think Finch? it was Finch. Maybe it was Finch. Yeah, it might have been Finch. Yeah, I think it was Finch. So and what? My cam opened, and so we toured with them and stuff. But interesting. Maybe I made that up. I don't <laughs> know. My or cam, maybe my cam took Nightmare of You on tour, and then yeah, they took a Nightmare of You on tour. So we, I mean, we've done a lot of in the crossing mix. paths of Frank, but yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't heard his new band. It's good. I see that they're doing a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta good. check it out. You gotta check it out. He's a really nice dude. Yes. I also I haven't talked to him. Maybe I ran into him when I went and I saw your show with. I I was I'm a big Nightmare You fan, so I went and saw your show with Mike M at the downtown on Long Island. Oh, okay. I was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious. Are you guys? I mean, obviously you have the new Movie Life record coming out, but you guys also do solo stuff as well. I mean, are you? How do you sort of? Do you just kind of like map out the schedule? Like this is going to be the cycle for this, and it, it's even less than that. It's like, oh, movie life's not doing something for these three months. Okay, I'm going to make an EP. Like it was just like filling in the gap with being with staying creative, basically, and you know maybe it'll supplement something, but it's really just for for fun. We, for we were we were talking. I I we were talking about like bringing our our music out with us, like. Like yeah. having it be like on the side by the merch table. Yeah. Like here's our stuff, movie life stuff. And if you were interested in like, you know, anything else. <laughs> right. Here's me and Brandon's music. Like we were talking about doing that. Cause I mean, yeah, what, you know, it's, it's not going to, yeah. there's not any rules. Anything. Yeah. It's only going to help. Right. So. Yeah. So that's what like, we're, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Like, but it's true now with movie life, with, especially with the record cycle starting, it's going to be hard to figure out how to do solo stuff. I mean, weekend trips and things like that. But 
I always want to do solo stuff. We do solo stuff together all the time, so it's almost like we'll be together anyway, but you're allowed to do solo shows without me. <laughs> yeah, you sell the record. You guys can sell your zines. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we can write movie life stuff on our solo tours. Yeah. Yeah. There hasn't even <laughs> been time to you know, entertain the idea of doing a solo show. We've, I mean, we've just been so busy Yeah. Um, with that stuff. It must feel good, though, for it to finally be coming out after all this work, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. And like he said, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to the album in a few months, so... Because, you know, if I was listening to the during this whole time, I'd be like, this is not good anymore. Yeah. I'm burnt out. <laughs> so it'll be nice to revisit it and, um, you know, in August. I and just kind of to... like get my chops up on the new songs and before we go to practice. But, um, yeah, but when we put the first song out, I listened to it. I was like, oh, wow, it's good to hear it Yeah, after not hearing it. I so listened long. to Jawbreaker Dear You recently because I had completely ruined that record for myself mm -hmm. like 10 different times in my life probably yeah same here i listened to it in the shower the other day wow yeah what a record you ruined it in what way listen to it too much or yeah like for like a year straight and then give it a rest and then once you put it on you're just like oh this is you know yeah when you listen i think when you listen to a record addictively you stop actually enjoying it and it's more compulsive yeah but I think after you just like let it breathe for a little while and you revisit it, you're like you can actually just rehear it, sort of. Dear you, so uh, fucking good. It is good. It's a very polarizing record, though. People are very divided on it. I feel like such bullshit. Still, and it was just it's just still divided hating. on it. And no, thanks now. I mean, I don't know. I, have like I, a lot of very I thought it was a scientific fact that Dear You was the best Jawbreaker record. It's definitely not a scientific fact. I have a lot of friends that are like, well, <laughs> I think Orange Rhyming Dictionary is the best Jawbreaker, uh, Jawbreaker record. So, How do you feel about... No, it's not a Jawbreaker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were very convincing. I'll take a Jets of Brazil reunion over a Jawbreaker reunion. Dude, we ten have... Ten times out of ten. We have a member of Jets of Brazil on an upcoming podcast. Ooh, Ooh I'm covering a Jets song. Uh, Daily. Oh, cool! And we we ask about it. Um, awesome. I don't know if it'll come up before or after this, but he has a, he has an interesting story about it. But here's a record I want to ask you about. We're almost done, but uh, this is a record my friend loves. Jawbreaker loves Jets, hates perfecting loneliness. Oh, he's wrong. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> say. But he's he's like, dude, I don't understand how you like this record. I'm into every I would, Jets record, almost the same. I'm. It's great. I, I, it might have less good songs. Yeah, but yeah. some. But Cat Heaven is one of the best, right? Yeah, that's a song that I'm covering for Pledge. That's oh, cool. one of the songs. Nice. Cat Heaven. Yeah, nice. Cat, like the first seventy percent of the record is like, it's just Brazil to me. Did you, you know, see it's... we did a live podcast with Blake and he played Sweet Avenue? Oh my god! Right? Oh, no. But Mike Dubin was in the front row and shot like amazing video of it it's oh, on YouTube. Cool. That's awesome. I'll send you a link to it or something. Okay. Oh, god, I won't I... be at Riot Fest, no. but I imagine that. We live in New York, and everyone comes to us, and we'll if, see. If they're going we'll to do more shows, they have to do in here. Yeah. They got to do New York. They have to. Why wouldn't they do more shows if they get it all together? That yeah. would. That's. Like, it's the same with movie life. It was like, well, we're going to practice for months and months to become a band again, and then just play one show. But that's some outside. <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, I don't outdoors. You, I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Misfits. It's what everybody does, and it's what drives me fucking nuts because I hate outdoor shows. But then yeah, I feel like yeah. whenever I bank on the band's gonna do more shows, they never do. 
Like I'm a jawbreaker, man. It can go anyway. Exactly. And you don't, I you don't know what you're going to get. Pretty, he held pretty fucking firm for yeah. a long time. I'm sure they were getting offers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He might start. Ma- he might start mazing you guys, jets, though, man. Yeah. He might start pulling a Morrissey. Oh my god. <laughs> just not showing up, and you know, like I could just, I could see it. I, I hope. <laughs> oh god, I hope it goes well. I hope it. Does I hope too. Jawbreaker goes really well. Yeah. Me too. Movie right. Life Jawbreaker tour. Oh, I already. I, I'll pay. I, you I, I tweeted to Jawbreaker that I say, take a, please take us on tour. Yeah, that'd be a, a good. Everyone tour. liked it, but them. <laughs> so, I think Chris runs it. The, the guitar. Uh, one of the guys runs the Twitter page. The one who does like all the job. He yeah, yeah. Runs he does the band, the label, and stuff. But, uh, right when I saw the arena, I was like, let's. You know, I wrote. I was like, let's. Yeah. Let's take Movie Life out. Yeah, we'll buy on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll buy on to the tour. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just it's just basically just going to see Jawbreaker every night. Yeah, I don't need you don't have to pay me. It's yeah. And then slowly, like on the off day, I'll be like, maybe you do a solo set. Yeah. Maybe we do solo sets in a bar and you play all Jets to Brazil songs for, for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have designs. Yeah. I need I need jets, man. I'll never listen to Jawbreaker again in my life if it means I can see Jets to Brazil play a set. Wow. They have three great records. What like what if they if they close at Rocket Boy, I might <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you know that I'm not dissing Jets to Brazil. Yeah. I just said that they're better than Jawbreaker, which I yeah. bet I bet Blake would appreciate that. Yeah, he's I bet he hope would that he edits this correctly. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we could here. change the narrative really quickly. So. For, for real, though, I mean, Dear You is, is amazing, and there's no way that Dear You now isn't the best Jawbreaker record. And I understand nostalgia, and I understand the the record that you got into first, you know. But uh, I don't know if you guys are into seaweed. Are you guys seaweed guys? Spanaway is the best seaweed record, but that's their last record. And there might be people in Tacoma that think Weak or Despised is the best record. But I got into Despised and Weak first. But still, Spanaway came out on a major label, same, same exact theory, story. Yeah. Right, right. And those were their best records. It just so happened that they're like records that flopped because it was major label were the best ones still, I yeah. think. Well, yeah. sonically, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love 24-Hour Revenge Therapy, but... I think I'm that's the front guy. runner, but yeah, yeah, I get and I get, I totally get it. It's a different record. It's very different, and it's more like rootsy. Sure, but I remember the like the backlash when they put out "Dear You" with like, you know, basically the hardcore pe- kids on in Long Island, on Long Island. But like, that has that has to have worn off by now, and everybody oh, you yeah. know must realize that that's the best one. You know, it's the it's the Pinkerton. You know, it's the Pinkerton. Because Pinkerton, I think everyone liked Pinkerton, though. But I just, think they uh, liked it at the river. time. It just wasn't. It just didn't beat. Well, I think that was the whole thing. I heard that he album. like was bummed because he thought it was a failure. Yeah, but everyone was like, "This is the best one." Yeah, and like, when I worked at AP, we did like a, a big story with him, and he had no. This was like a long. This is like ten, fifteen years ago, but he had like no idea people like love that record. We're like, no, everyone in this scene worships this record. And he was like, "What, really?" And now I think they did the reissue, and yeah. they did the tour, and they know. But yeah, I think it was so very surprising. You, you were the catalyst for that. Well, it was the cool. <laughs> I don't know if it was me personally, but I was like part. Did of they the... give you an AP award at the last <laughs> award for being the the guy that made Rivers? 
play Pinkerton songs again? That deserves an award. <laughs> it does. I don't. I, I don't think I'm that guy. I wish I was. I mean, I think I was like at the magazine when that happened, but I don't think I was like. Let me get Rivers on the phone. You were one instrument in the process of the whole. Sure. Moving. Yeah, I can. We can say I was like. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Didn't they, what, what was the award that did you go this year? I did not go this year. Oh right, we discussed that at the at the Flatliner show. Oh yeah, the Flatliners. But but you but they gave John Feldman an award, right? They gave John Feldman. What was the award? Some kind of like I don't know the exact name, like the Vanguard or some kind of like lifetime, lifetime achievement, achievement, achievement oh, okay. type of award for. Oh, cool. And then he played with um, this. Like a punk band from Asia, like OK, AOK. Oh, the Japanese band. Yes. Who's like the Beatles in a, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, they're like the Beatles in Japan. Yeah, they were a band where I was like, I have never heard of this band, but they look like they're huge. And then I went online and it was like people were losing their minds. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope I'm not burping on this whole podcast. I, I feel like those I are am. silent burps, dude. Yeah, I don't hear yeah, but you don't have headphones on right now. For all you know, like this could <laughs> Brad, be... edit those out. Yeah, <laughs> edit every single one out. Yeah, but they're not. They're worse than like a loud burp. They're like. Burps that you swallow. <laughs> I'm drinking a very happy beer, and it's very bubbly. Yeah, just this is all they had at the. You, you know. <laughs> That's a good beer, man. I it's love okay. that beer. Yeah. It's strong. I yeah, it's it a little strong. hoppy, but I, I like it. There's those at Union Hall, they have those tall boys of it. It's a dependable yeah. IPA. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I needed I wanted like a strong beer, like a I've I've had like a allergy like whole life situation today. So I wanted to kinda like blast through it with this beer. It's working. Good. Yeah. So we're gonna jam now, right? Yeah. Like let's do it. We got all these gear. Start a band. All right, let's go. I got a few band names. Yeah. In the yeah. I got a few that I haven't used. Yeah, you gotta save those. You do not want to give them out in the podcast. It's tough to come up. Me and Steve have been trying to come up with a band name for a while. What kinda um what genre? I'd say it's like very mega very influenced by like Bedhead and like just like kinda the, s- like the hair product or the <laughs> The, the hair product and the the touch and go band, uh, like a I lot don't of know like, bedhead. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, I never heard them. bedhead like silkworm, like those kind of like, uh, it's like early two thousands. Silkworm is awesome. Yes, I remember hearing silkworm. Silkworm is yeah. amazing. One of my favorite bands. But yeah, kind of like it's more bedhead heady, but like that's it. Yeah, just kind of droney, slow. How do you? Oh. Yeah. Slow journey. The name I wanted, then I had like every name I come up with is stupid, and it's also taken. I was like, because <laughs> I like like bedhead. I like that like two syllables. Like, what about like ottoman? Like, <laughs> nope, taken. And I was like, really? Ottoman. Yeah. Like, like I thought yeah. that was stupid enough where it was available. That's what I thought. <laughs> Any one word. There's no everything. There's is no taken, one man. word. But there's a lot of think about it. Like you have some of your you know the, uh, all of our favorite bands. Some of them have bad names, but you quickly forget about that and you it just becomes a word yes that's associated with that thing you like you but know? now it's hard to it's even true. find a bad name that isn't taken because mm. because like i feel like there should be some kind of like statute of limitations where like just because you have a Bandcamp page like yeah. from 12 <laughs> years ago doesn't mean that you have rights to this thing forever yeah well, i don't think they do and i don't think that they would they like don't. fight you in court over it oh, what i learned is 
Um, I would look on Spotify to see okay. if things were called that, but that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to look on all music. All music. Because um, we were trying to n- name this record, and we thought we had a few uh, like real good ones that we loved and we were going to stick with. And our manager was like, no, you need to look at all music. Because it has like everything. Spotify does not. Interesting. Yeah, so you could really find out, like, all right, they've released a record, a full-length record in this year. Okay, fine. It was in 1981. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know if what it I mean? was a band that had like a one-off EP in 1967, right? take the name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there are situations where you can take it and run with it. So were you checking to see, like, make sure no one's had this album name? And well, that doesn't... I want it which, to be anything... I want it to be unique. Yeah. Like, yeah. If someone Legally, it wouldn't have mattered. looks but. it up or if someone searches it, I don't want there to be 10 other records yeah. called that. You know? Right. It, it's good to have it be unique, I think, in that respect. Because everyone is just going... Everyone's just searching things. You know, nobody's going to a record store and digging and stuff. They're just typing it into their phone and searching what it is, you know? Yeah. So, so the more have... unique, the easier you'll find it, I think. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's in a band called United Nations, which is like the worst name to search <laughs> ever. Yeah. So. I, I really like that name. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good it's name. It's a great name. Oh, you I think sur- I'm sorry, for the search engine. For the nightmare. search engine yeah, stuff, yeah. it's hard, yeah. though. It's tough. Yeah. Movie Life seems pretty good, actually. Well, there is a movie called Life, so it's... it's oh, I went and saw... <laughs> <laughs> you know the Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy film? No, I don't. It's, oh, they're like... Um, well, I've never seen it. Um... But it's like a, I think they're prisoners. I remember like the DVD Wait, it's cover. it's called Life? It's called Life. Um, Have you seen this one? Yeah. Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy for sure. And I think on the DVD box, like on the cover, they're wearing like, you know, black and white striped like prisoners uniforms. Something like that. I hope I remember that right. But yeah, if you search the movie Life, like if you, oh yeah, if you don't make movie life one word. <laughs> right then yeah, you might, like the image that comes up might be that DVD cover. <laughs> and you've never seen it? The movie? No, I yeah. haven't. No. But yeah, I've always been you aware of it. You haven't seen the movie Life? I haven't the seen movie the movie Life. life. <laughs> I've eaten the cereal Life. Yeah. Grew up on that stuff. Love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, Cinnamon Life. another quick reminder our patreon account is up and active you can go check it out patreon.com slash going off track and also via our website all right thank you to the movie life thank you to Vinny and brandon for thank coming you to by. pulse music for hosting our recording session yes for this podcast thank you to their manager anna and publicist tito for helping set it up oh yeah thank you to everyone who's donated via venmo oh um, yeah let me thank some people we have this Venmo account. It's off track if you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> and we're wide open to, uh, you know, deferring any server costs and also trying to make a little money so that we don't put ads in these things. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I'm going to rat- rattle off a few people here who have been generous lately. Aaron Finney. Thank you. Robert Gagno. Thank you. Brandon Weinberg. Yes. Brandon. Very good, dude. Nice job. Of course, Ren Volpe, our new executive producer going off track. RV in the house. <laughs> Uh, what do we get here? Shannon Holmes, thanks. Siobhan. There's a bunch more of you. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it helps. So, off track. Venmo at off track. Uh, or you can also donate via PayPal if you want. 
Or you can buy me beer if you see me. This has happened before, and I like it. Yeah, it's, it'll actually, you know, it goes a long way towards supporting the podcast, buying, buying Jonah a beer, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep him happy, man. Yeah. The happier you keep Jonah, the less we have to, like, actually try it's to pay true. I can be a real thing. taskmaster. <laughs> uh, don't let my laid-back persona fool you. I'm a real jerk sometimes. Um, check out my label, Soundwag, at soundwag.com. I just released my friend's record, The Worried. If you like sort of semi-blues-based, like, punk rock, hard rock and roll type stuff, um, two of the guys and are guys that I played with many years ago. Uh, and I just released their full length. It's the worried, uh, you deserve this. So yeah, I'm just going to try. I'm probably going to try to, I should promote the label more. I think I'm going to have a few more releases coming up. I released some unreleased goops material a couple months ago and, and I got some other stuff. Have you thought about doing any like vinyl or kind of physical? No, I don't want to spend any money. Yeah. Smart. I have a grandfathered sort of distribution deal. That's really nice. And it doesn't really cost me anything to release product. Okay. I don't really promote it. Like, I, it's, to this point, it's been either my stuff or friends' records, mostly like re releases. Like, this this is actually a CD, CD that they did on their own, and they needed the digital distribution, so I did it for them. So I don't do any PR. I don't want to spend any money. Great. Well, you have this huge <laughs> podcast, which is a huge platform. So yes. I think propping it at the very end of it, <laughs> after the guests have been For on, the three people. Yeah, I think this is a very good marketing, and you're going to probably have the number one record in America this week. Uh, Anyways, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. And also, if you can't donate, that's okay. Uh, you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice review, um, say something nice. That, that goes a long way. Um, right? Yeah, man. I don't know. I've, I've never done that for any podcast, but I'm going to ask you to do it. People are doing it for us. Yeah. And so they're thank all you. glowing. Thank so, you. so thanks to all of you that have yes. already left reviews. Thanks to everyone who has done that, especially people that we aren't related to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people in my family have done it. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another wonderful, wonderful podcast um, by the new Movie Life Record. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.